Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Zachary Reality. I am your host, Zachary Reality. Today's the 20th episode of my podcast, guys. I think that is so freaking crazy that we made it 20 episodes. I have been doing this podcast, I think I started in the beginning of February. I know I announced it at the end of January, but it's been about eight months doing it. Obviously, I skipped a few weeks. I haven't been doing it every Thursday, but I've been trying harder to maintain a consistent schedule. Um, every single Thursday, but sometimes it just, you have to miss a week, but 20 episodes in the books. So I don't know. I'm just feeling super proud of myself that I have been able to do 20 episodes because I'm so passionate about reality TV and about creating content and connecting to my audience and all of these forms of content creation that I don't know, this is my baby and this is my show. And I, I started it myself and I edited and I put it off myself. And it's like, I have a network taste of reality. If you guys you could probably, maybe you can see that from, it depends where you're listening, but the network really helps out a lot. You know, they helped me kind of get my podcast started. They helped me with my website, but I really do produce and host and guest book this show all by myself. So I just want to say like 20 episodes, like so amazing. We did it. Um, I'm super excited about today's episode, but I do have to kind of mention and dedicate this episode to my dog Roxy, my late dog who passed away on Monday, two days ago. Um, This podcast is dedicated to her. Um, It's so sad because she has been my dog, you know, for the past 15 years. You know, we got her when we were kids, me and my brother, you know, I would think I was like nine or 10 years old when I got her. And when we found her, we got her at the breeder and she was a cockapoo. She was originally named Red and there were seven puppies there. And we knew that Roxy was the one for us because of her name was red. And also because she had really red hair at the time, it kind of turned into golden blonde over time. But because of my red hair, my grandma's red hair, my brother's red hair, we knew that she was the dog for us. And she has been everything to me. I loved her so much my entire life. I've loved her. I can't even express the amount of love and affection I have given her and she's given me and the memories we've shared together. We have done so much together. She truly has been my best friend for the past 15 years. Obviously I grew up in New York. I moved to California two years ago. So I haven't been able to spend as much time with her the past two years. Cause I've been over, you know, the world, the country, even in college, I went to college in New Jersey. So I was home pretty often, but um, I really haven't gotten to spend as much time with her. So it was really sad for me that I didn't necessarily get to say goodbye to her being in California, but then it was also easier in a way knowing that, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, my life is in California now and I'm just not as close to my family in general, just because I don't see them as much. We still obviously keep in touch over the phone, like everyone in my family, but, you know, I have kind of been separated from my past life in New York. So it's kind of weird, but either way, the loss of a dog is so hard. Um, anyone who's lost a pet knows how difficult it is. And I just, I loved her so much and I'm just so devastated that I have to share the news, but I do want to keep it open with you guys. I want to keep it real with you guys. This is something that I'm going through, you know, that I mourn the loss of. And it's crazy because Roxy, as she was passing away, because, you know, obviously I found out the time she lost after talking to my mom, I was sleeping at the time, you know, PST three hours um, ahead of time, you know, she died from old age. And my mom kind of said that she kind of just gave out um, in the morning after, you know, she's 15, she's old, but it was crazy because I was having a crazy dream where all of my teeth were like getting like out of my mouth. Like I was losing all of my teeth one at a time. And I was crying in the dream. 
I really do remember my mom and I guess my dog being there. I definitely remember my mom being there. And I guess that was Roxy's way of saying goodbye to me in my dream, because of course, you know, I couldn't be there in person. Everything happened really suddenly. It wasn't like she was super sick for weeks. Like she was kind of, she's obviously hasn't been doing well, but she was, you know, sick for a couple of days and she passed away pretty suddenly. So that was her way of saying goodbye. And also her birthday, her 15th birthday was last week. And I believe if there is any like universe and signs, she definitely wanted to hang on for her birthday so she can turn 15 just so she knows because I run her Instagram account. So I, cause I always post her birthday every year. I don't have a lot of content of her, but I always post her birthday every year. So I really do believe she was saying goodbye to me in her dream. And she was saying goodbye to me by waiting for her birthday. Um, you know, it's going to be really sad when I head home to New York for the holidays this year and she's not there, but you know, I have to work and I have to kind of pick myself up. You know, I work really hard. As everyone knows, I have my podcast. I'm an entertainment host. I have my TikTok, my YouTube, my social media, you know, I work my ass off and I'm so passionate about all the things I do. And I kind of had to pick up the pieces and go to my weekly schedule and produce this podcast. So I wanted to share that with you guys. Um, I am doing okay. I am going to be okay. I'm sad, but I'm, I'm fine. And everything happens, you know, for a reason when timing and the way it was supposed to. So we're still here with this podcast. We have a great show for you guys today. I have comedian bachelor live guru on YouTube. The one and only Dave Neal is on my podcast today. If you guys don't know who Dave Neal is, you're about to learn all about him because he is on today's episode, which I'm going to play in just a short minute. Um, I reached out to Dave because I loved his live streams of the bachelor. I've been watching him a little bit on and off for the past few months. And, you know, he's just an expert in what he does. His content is phenomenal. It's amazing. It's engaging. Um, He does a lot of lives where he talks and talks and talks. And you're going to see that in this interview. I mean, Dave knows how to talk and ramble, which I love because you really feel so engaged when he's talking and you really do listen. He has a good way of just talking where you want to listen and hear what he has to say and you feel interactive. So I'm super happy to have him on the podcast today. So we're going to play this episode with Dave Neal and then we'll touch base at the end of the episode. All right. Welcome back to Zachary Reality. We are here with, as I like to call him, Mr. Dave, the king of bachelor live streams, (laughs) the one and only um, how are you doing, Dave? Welcome to my podcast. Thanks for having me. I mean, King is a little much. I'm kind of like the guy that you tune into when there's nothing else on the TV. I'm well, always, I've always got something going on. <laughs> well, I don't know. I feel like you really have been establishing your place in Bachelor Nation the last few weeks more than ever. Congratulations on just hitting 40K subscribers. That's Thank amazing. You. I appreciate that. So I think the King, King of live streams works but how do you feel about me calling you mr dave does that age you i like that is that that feels like a is that like a sex in the city reference or something it's is there a not. mr dave there needs to be a mr dave out there well there is now because i've been calling you that since we started texting maybe two weeks ago i kind of just came out of nowhere but it's I like this yeah i'm like I'm, I'm i'm aging into like the big brother of these other guys because i'm at that age now i'm 36 so i'm at that okay. age where i'm pretty much older than all the contestants minus like a Kenny you know what I mean yeah and And I'm I'm about the same age as I'm on the younger side but it's hard to find a contestant younger than me they're usually in between us so that makes sense it's kind of like with with pro sports you get to an age where you start to realize you're way older than these people that you used to look up to and you'd Mm -hmm. go oh when I'm that age I'll have it all figured out and all of a sudden I'm like oh man I am a day away from 40 at this point Uh, Well, you're not 40. That's Kenny or even Claire Crawley. So 
we won't we won't put you up there but i wanted to have you on here because you are as i mentioned the king of live streams about the bachelor and i am without a doubt the queen of bachelor tiktok period so i feel like we had to collab and kind of talk about content and life and the show i like this we're kind of like a game of thrones like neighboring empires this is nice yeah, I think we might break the Bachelor internet here. I'm kind of really looking forward to seeing the reactions after. I did have some DMs. People were really excited that you were coming on. So thank you so much for being here. We are going to get all into it. And I mean, I have to kind of ask how you started even creating content because you are a stand-up comedian, right? Yeah, it really comes down to, and I've said this before, Bachelor is like the last water cooler show that comes on weekly that you can discuss in between episodes. The editing's so, you know, dramatic that you, everyone who watches the same exact thing has a different opinion. Mm -hmm. So it kind of creates uh, just endless amounts of content. I started watching it because with comedy, the setup is like a universal thing. Like, oh, traveling stinks. That's the setup. In this world, the setup is just watching the show and then I can have my own take on that. So half of the work is already done for me by watching the show. And then when I started recapping years ago, I noticed so many people would comment, you know, because I guess there weren't many guys covering it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there was a little bit of a niche there just having like the guy's opinion on things. Yeah, you say that in your live streams, you're like from a man's perspective. So I mean, it definitely is a niche. A lot of guys say that they don't watch the show. And then they they just watched because their girlfriends made them watch. But did you actually start watching the show or did your, I believe you're with um, Beyonce right now, or did she yeah. make you watch the show? I watched way before she ever did. She sort of get got into it because it was like, you know, it's an interesting show, but I think she could watch Harry Potter all day and, and not care about The Bachelor. Um, mm. But um, yeah, and I, I've always just been intrigued by relationships. I had a relationship podcast before I watched the show. Um I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm curious to the social dynamics that exist there. So the shows are very easy to watch. And, and I think what makes the show so interesting is that, you know, most shows you go on for 20 years, it, it loses its steam, but this show, it actually gains some sort of popularity because while we get so obsessed with our cell phones and with social media, you take that away from these contestants. So I think that, I think the contestants are actually having a harder time now than they might've had 15 years ago because of all the pressures and they're just sitting around, you know, being bored with their thoughts. And we're not used to that. Yeah. I also think the show has continued because there is this new layer with everyone so focused on spoilers and producers and the fourth wall. No one really cared about that shit like five, six years ago. So I think now that people are watching only for that and to hear the spoilers, they get, it's just a new level of being intrigued. So that is another reason why it's been another generation of this show. I've been watching since Jake Pavelka's season. So Mm. it's been about 12 years. What was your first season, if you can remember? He he might have been my first, you know, back in the day, uh, I would kind of stagger depending on if I, you know, it it always came down to my attraction level for some of the contestants. Like if, and I, I feel like most people watch this way, even subconsciously, we root on people we want a relationship with almost. We're like, go get out. You know, we start to root for people that we would see ourselves with. So, you know, we, we always joke around my fiance and I about like who we're cheering for. And, uh, and, uh, you know, so some, some seasons will inspire new viewers, uh, because it's a certain, uh, you know, a person maybe that was under underrepresented or whatever the case may be before I was covering the show, it would be like, you either watch that first episode and get sucked in immediately. Or I'm like, "Ah, I'll catch the next season. So who were some of your OG bachelor crushes? Cause I go way back. So I'm going to know who these people are. 
I really liked Jojo. Um, I okay. have weird ones, even, even more recently, like uh, I'll pick like, we like not, not, not that the contestants are weird, but it's always like a lower level. Like, I don't know if Alana's coming on uh, from yes, Katie's season. She is coming on. Um, he's actually just DMing her the other day. She'll be there. Amazing. I just like, I don't know why. I'm just like, I like her. I like uh, Alaya or Alaya. Alaya. Benavides. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones that I've enjoyed. I mean, I, I you know, Brittany Galvin was, I was like, why are we getting more of her? I thought she was such a catch. You know, there's Brittany. There's, what season was she on? Brittany Galvin was, and again, this is where we talk about the fourth wall. This is where mm-hmm. I, I was just railing against the producer. She was the contestant accused of um, being an escort. On oh, that okay. Season. So I was like, how did they not like, like make that up to her by, you know, elevating her in some way. They really dragged her through the mud on that one. Um, okay. and, they, and, they, and they willingly do that. I always say it's like Icarus flying too close to the sun. The Bachelor producers willingly, you know, say, well, maybe we'll do Grey Grippo. And it's like, at what point will you fly too close to the sun and something very bad happens or a big backlash all for the pursuit of ratings? We already saw it happen with Chris Harrison. Uh, regardless of what Chris Harrison said, which obviously he apologized and all that, it was a scenario where the producers were just at fault, just as at fault. They kind of let Chris Harrison kind of stoke this thing with Rachel Kirkcaldle. How much, can, how, how big can we get the ratings so that it'll have its payoff on after the final rose? And of course, as we know, she ends up apologizing before then, but they like held on to the story. And it's like, it's not like 10 years ago where you can like build this wildfire. It got out of control. They lost Chris Harrison you know, and they kind of had to throw him to the wolf, you know, to the wolves. And it's like, how, and my question is like always, how have the producers managed to get away with this? And they just come out unscathed and everyone looks at mm-hmm. queen Victoria as the evil one. It's like, yeah, they, see goddess, sorry, goddess Victoria as the evil one. And yeah, they are ignorant and, um, and she, and maybe she is, but it's the producers and the editors that let these stories play out. That's like, they're just like playing with fireworks and like, we're just waiting for their hands to blow up. Yeah. The, the producers and what they do behind the scenes and the editors, I mean, you can make anyone look bad when you add creepy music. I mean, is Thomas actually that bad of a guy? I mean, they can make anyone look like a villain. You seem to know the show very well, as do I. I mean, have you ever thought of working for the show, like behind the scenes? Is that even a possibility? I have friends that worked for the show that uh, are now producers on F boy islands, uh, you know, a couple okay. of up comedians. And I mean, there's a price for everything currently. No, they couldn't. There's, there, there's nothing they can pay me that will take me away from doing what I do. Mm-hmm. I enjoy, like, I think most stand up comedians being like a, an outsider's sort of dissenting yeah. voice. Uh, there's nothing worse than the sort of, um, the bias that is formed when you have a boss, even if they say, Dave, just make whatever content you're gonna be like, well, I want to make sure that check clears. Now there's no, I, 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 I operate way better on the fringes. I want nothing to do with them. I mean, I think you're honestly really thriving right now. And I could see that from watching your live streams. Like you are exactly where you are meant to be. How long have you been doing this bachelor coverage? Is this what you do full time or tell me a little bit about what else you got going on? I became full-time in January okay. and I was, I've done this for like seven years and I was actually looking through some old photos. Even a year ago, my listen to your heart recaps were getting like a couple hundred views. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what I noticed that was the jump is when I started treating it like news, when yeah, I started, yeah. uh, when I realized that ev- while everyone's doing a recap, there's so many stories 
that go way deeper than the recap. Like, like today I did the bachelor in paradise recap, but then I also did Victoria Larson calling Tejuan uh, aggressive mm-hmm. and a psycho. It's like, yeah. hello. And then here I am like looking up tone policing and microaggressions. And I'm not, I'm not somebody like, I'd like to come at it from both sides. I think Victoria Larson, I, I, I she's probably not racist so much as she's shooting from the hip in all directions. And she would call anyone aggressive the day before she called Demi an idiot. So she's all over the place, but you still got to call out BS when you see it. And there's a lot on the show that, that is like, yikes, but I'm, I'm not somebody who tries to cancel anybody. If someone has old tweets, I want to be the first one to talk about it. I want to be the first one to, you know, hear their apology and, and, you know, still, and still understand some people might be upset, but at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm very much, into growth and people learning and, you know, and all that. And, um, and every season moving forward, we're going to have TikToks made of people calling out so-and-so for sliding into their DMS. And it's just, I mean, now we have Demi, was it Demi or Victoria Fuller calling out David Spade for sliding into their DMS. And it's like, it was Demi, but it might've been a joke or Victoria or both or all of them. (laughs) I think David Spade should be going after Kelsey. That's my, uh, Oh yeah. I think they'd be a good match, but you know, potential. So it was never, it was never something that I thought was going to be a moneymaker. It was just a sort of, um, I would say, you know, just more of like a, you practice riffing, joking and this and that. I always prided myself on never editing my content. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was really kind of built on laziness. Like you'd see all these jump cut edits and it's like, no, 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 I'm a comic. We get on stage and we we're funny. And if we bomb, I can feel when like I'm bombing a line or flubbing. It's just stream of conscience, get it out there um, ranting, you know, taking notes old school way. And I, 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 all all credit to the people that like do the, do the, like the, the recapping where they're like, and then Kelsey said this, but it's Uh like, I'm assuming everyone watched the show already. So we're just going to pick it up from there. So I kind of like, this is graduate school. We've already, we've, we've, we're already following along, you know, but then like last night on my live stream, someone, I got someone in Pakistan, someone in Palestine, and I'm in, I mean, all over and I'm just like you, Slovakia and Slovenia. And I'm like, are you gotta be kidding me? They're not yeah. even watching the show, but that's their way of like staying there. There it's in the, the loop. yeah, I'm, I'm here. We're here on the West coast. So, um, last week I had, or last Monday I did extra live streams to celebrate the first episode. Mm-hmm. So I had this, this nice, uh, fan named Kate. She's Canadian, but she lives in Ireland. She watched us before going to bed. And then she woke up for work the next day and we were still live streaming. And she's like, what is wrong with you guys? And it's like, Hey, we got a lot to talk about. We do. I mean, <laughs> you, you've made your way around the world. My mom even actually found you on YouTube and she, cause she is watching the show just to kind of you know, build a relationship with me. And she was like, who is this Dave Neal? Why does he keep showing up? So whatever you are doing is working because you're making it around the world. But I do think it's very important to take that stance as like a news reporter, but then you also kind of want to be a commentator because like you mentioned, everyone's watched the show before. You kind of have to find a way. And I do this too. You have to find a way of recapping, but giving your opinion. If you don't give your opinion, there's mm-hmm. no point of watching you. It's boring. Have you ever sure. thought about going down like the news news reporter route have you done like interviews and like what was your interview like with brendan recently well good questions i what the re, like i started kind of um replicating some of the independent news that i watch you know and like it's people i, I watch some progressive news channels on youtube and they'll essentially just watch other news and give their opinion or spin on the bs 
So for me, much, much prefer my opinion versus sourcing the news. Uh-huh. When, I, when I'm reading something from the sun, I'm obviously going to call out whatever biases might exist there or talk about whatever my political views are. Puritan, I talked a ton about purity culture because that always rears its ugly head in bachelor nation and slut shaming and all the different aspects of it all. And um, yeah, once in a while, I get a news story first. I get, you know, I've had Rachel Kirk Connell's mom messaging me to oh, correct cool. the story. I've had uh, leads reach out to me being like, you're on the right path. You've got like, you know, you know, you know, like sometimes they're yeah, yeah. Conference, they can't say things. So I'll get like a nudge like, yeah, good. That's your keep going in there. Um, with as far as the interviews go. Yeah. I mean, I, I like interviews. I've never my, my thing is this uh, bachelor is a in club. They it is a country club of approved podcasts. I think and this is in no offense to the actual contestants. I think most of the time podcasts like bachelor clickbait, bachelor happy hour. It's some of the worst content I've ever listened ever to. Seen. Like, ever they don't even like know how to put their proper zoom squares on the thing so it's not a plain black screen it's like the most simple work they can't even do and i think that is and this is one of my points why i think natasha and joe and becca are even going on the show is because i think they're really trying to push these podcasts but i think that people would rather listen to people who aren't on the show talk about the show than people who are on the show because they're not saying the actual truth yeah, I know, yeah, you're absolutely right. You can sniff the propaganda just from a mile away. And look, and I don't blame them. We talk about the biases. Like if you're Natasha, you're not going to bite the hand that feeds. Bachelor Happy Hour and Bachelor Clickbait pay them a lot of money to turn the camera on and talk. Joe, and again, I'm, I'm sure he would never admit this, but if I saw him out, I'm sure he would tell me this firsthand. He He's sitting there just watching his Bitcoin stock go up off camera as he just clocks it in. I get it. That's what like a corporate type of job is. If there's no equity or growth within your company, you're just going to do what you need to do. You're going to do the bare minimum and they get paid. Like I, you know, I love the, I love Jason Tardick's podcast. Me too, um, me too. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Indi- uh, Trading Secrets. Secrets. Right. So he's really good about talking about that. He was offered six figures to do one of those podcasts. So they don't have to worry about ad sales. They don't have to worry about equity in the thing. They just go on, they, they zoom it in. They, they send them a microphone and they're good. Um, when you work for yourself, the sky's the limit. I don't want to have to deal with people being mad at what I said because it goes against the grain or whatever the show. And again, I'm not, and I'm not taking what I do or what any of us do too seriously, but the reason for like journalists and commentators to have a platform is to hold people accountable. So you got to hold the show accountable. So good example is this survivor Emmy award winning show, love survivor. A couple of years ago, there's a scene um, in the tribal council where a contestant is outed as being trans. He Jeff never came. Zane, right? Zane, Zeke. Zeke, that's right. He never came out. He he wasn't given the op- the opportunity to come out on his own terms. And immediately there was blowback. As you know, the whole tribal council was like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. It was a gay man that outed him. He overstepped his boundaries. He got fired from his corporate job. All these things happened. Survivor didn't tease that the week before saying, guess who's going to come out as trans? They didn't do any of that. They let it play out and there. why is that? Well, they just, maybe it's because they, they, they see themselves as a more reputable show that doesn't need to tease that because when you tease it, like, like, so with Brittany Galvin on Matt James Mm -hmm. season for two episodes, they teased who's going to be uh, an ex escort. They did this whole thing and they fed the audience enough clues for everyone to know it was Brittany Galvin. If she searches her name for the rest of her life, 
she's going to be attached to this false accusation. It's just reckless. So people like me and, you know, people that are like, um, hello, this is ridiculous that they're doing this and the contestants can't sue them. They're not, Brady Galvin wasn't even paid to be there. So yeah. I'm a sad guy, screen actor skilled. It's not the best union, but at least we know if we show up to set, we get our meals after six hours. If it rains, we get a bump, all these little things, time and a half. They, they're not, it's a non, it's a reality show. So they get all these non-union people, they get to rip them apart and they have ironclad contracts that only protect the producers. It's just not fair. Yeah, they're almost making a mockery out of it. And that's kind of what they do on The Bachelor. And I mean, there's other shows like Survivor that are a little bit more real, you could say, but it's also an older school audience. You kind of have to figure out how to make a good show by getting in the social media and the headlines. And that's kind of what The Bachelor does so successfully. Have you ever thought about talking about Survivor or F-Boy Island or what other reality shows you watch on your YouTube, on your live streams? Or is Bachelor just the best because it is, you know, by default, the most popular show? It's so popular. So, so popular. Survivor, Survivor, I'm going to do in the fall. Okay. Um, I don't expect there'll be as much content. I don't think people care much about the side conversations on Survivor. You kind of watch this like show that's presented. Obviously, you wonder who's going to win, but it's not like Bachelor's like, oh, who's caught, you know, who's that in the shadow uh, of that person shot? It's just ridiculous. Uh, F-Boy Island, I recapped the first few episodes. I didn't like that they clumped them up. I understand why they did, uh, just to build some buzz. But for, from the recapper's sake, it's almost like uh, last year with um, Too Hot to Handle. They mm -hmm. just dump all these episodes. And I'm like, I know I'm in a pandemic here, but we don't have this much time to go through every single thing. Um, I liked F-Boy Island. It just didn't have the engagement. I mean, I can get more. I can turn the cameras on and talk about uh, Dale Moss's toe, toenail yeah. and get more views than that. So I kind of just I'm sticking to Bachelor until I completely hit the glass ceiling of like content, you know? Oh, 100 percent. I mean, I cover every single reality show, which is why I kind of branded myself as Zachary Reality. But the Bachelor has always done the best for me, but I also feel like I've put most of my life into The Bachelor. I've loved the show for so long. So most of my content is The Bachelor. And on TikTok, you notice that the algorithms that if you talk about The Bachelor, or at least for me, I'm going to get so many more views than if I talk about Survivor or The Real Housewives, even, even though those are really popular as well. But I will definitely be talking about Survivor in the fall and so excited for it to come back. So we'll have to kind of Keep in touch and talk about that. Do you know oh, Rob yeah. Sester, Sester Nino? You gotta hook up with him. He would be really great. No, I don't. Uh, to be honest, so the bat, so Survivor was one of those shows. I I watched the first season. The winner was uh, Richard, uh, Richard from my hometown. No way. Uh, where, where is your hometown? Newport, Rhode Island. Okay. Uh, never watched another season in the pandemic. Wow. We I probably watched over twenty seasons in the pandemic. Wow. Uh, so You're I've talking to a Survivor super fan been watching since I was six years old that's amazing I would no I'm obviously not going to call myself a super fan but 20 like I'm almost glad I saved them for the pandemic because yeah. there's like you know you're starting to like go through Netflix mid pandemic you know not now they've there's uh, there's a good steamroll of content coming out but mid pandemic we were like picking out bones and I was like let's check out Survivor oh, you know, I get so my bad. new 65 inch TV and I'm like this is shot beautifully it's so nice. And now I'm watching, you know, this, it's all fragmented. Some seasons are on Netflix, some on Hulu. I, I even bought the Paramount Network because oh, there's a couple of seasons on it. Uh -huh. It's worth every penny to not have commercials. That is oh, the yeah, one yeah. 
the one thing that like this terrestrial TV, the fact that Survivor and Bachelor exist with these commercials, like, you know, a, a two hour episode of The Bachelor has 15 minutes of content. You know what I mean? And they just string you along mm-hmm. selling their whatever, you know, they're they're The business model is so archaic. But, you know, you can't compete with the the amount, the budget that network TVs have. It's unreal compared to a lot of the niche kind of cable channels. So they're the big ones. I know Fox is trying to create a Bachelor theme show. I think F Boy Island can exist without it even. I don't even think it would dent the Bachelor's following. I really don't. Oh, it has you know, a lot of potential, and I think it it's it's a really I really liked the show, so I think it has a lot of potential. But I did want to tell you, Rob Sesternino created a podcast called Rob Has a Podcast, and it is the Survivor podcast. And he does a lot of what you do in a way. You guys are pretty similar, and he has been doing podcasts about Survivor and has created that online community. And it is so amazing. What were some of your favorite seasons of Survivor that you recently watched? Oh my gosh. We, Tell I mean, me. we've watched, you know, what's funny is I don't even know if I've seen Boston Rob's first season, but what I've cases? watched, I'm watching his last one. So I think it's season 39. Um, I think I'm watching the, the, the most re- recent season. The most I, recent I, was Winners at War, which is season 40. Okay, so I'm watching the one where it's all of the winners. Is that is that the one? That's, yes, winners at yes. war. Duh. That's where I am right now. But the problem that I've had is I didn't watch them chronologically. Uh-huh. So I'd watch like uh, returning people, and then I would then then that would spoil older seasons. So if in you know fingers crossed, but if the Lambda variant ends up shutting us all down for another year, I'm gonna have seasons like two to ten to watch. But there, it is so hard to watch a current season with the most high def TV and then go back to like season one uh-huh. when it was shot, like it was like a NYU student film. So um, it's hard yeah. to get into that when, when you've been spoiled with the current, but as far as my best, my favorites, um, Oh man, I like, Oh geez. My There's, favorite was Parvati shallow. And I loved Russell Hans as well. Parvati, which season her? She was on Micronesia fans versus favorites heroes versus villains season 20. She was like the flirt of the show. She oh, also yeah, she's, was on this season. She's on she's on this season, and I think she she just had a baby like ten months earlier. Yeah, she wasn't was, there. She wasn't there to win. She was just there for the memories and the nostalgia. Which is amazing. No, she's great. It's it's so it's the show's great because it really takes away like whatever extra charm you have is used against you. You you want to be good. You don't want to be that good. You want to be strong. You don't want to be that strong. There's so many things about it, and sometimes the winner is just whoever can like stand behind the, the, the like front row of people, you know, the Marines are in the front, the winner's just kind of hanging out. They all kind of get voted off and they're like, Hey, how are you? Um, But it's Um, a great show. I ask all of my guests this, um, which reality show do you see yourself going on? If you were to go on one, I think I could go, I think I could go on survivor and do okay. Um, yeah, survive, eat the coconut and everything. Oh, that, well, first of all, I mean, I am, I'm a huge eater. So I, w- I would for sure have a problem with like being hangry all the time. You know, I don't remember the last time I've truly been hungry. It's really sad. Um, but I think the human dynamics of it all, I love, I love the, the fraternity of like, uh, like uh, being a part of a team. And, you know, I, lo- I love all that stuff. So I think Survivor would be really cool. But I also think my greatest downfall would be like trusting people. I take everyone's word, you know, it with, with, with Bachelor content, you know, someone apologized. I'm like, hey, they apologize. They, they, you know, I, I, I'm way too optimistic with a lot of people. It's very rare that I'm like, this person means harm. But on Survivor, you know, you get, uh, you got to outwit people. So I think that would, I, 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 
I don't think I have the qualities to win the show. That's for sure. But yeah, I, yeah, I used to always want to go on Survivor, but then I realized I can't sleep outside. So then I fought Big Brother, and then I realized I can't share a room with anyone. So right now we're trying to get on the circle. So we'll see what happens with that for me but i want to ask you some rapid fire questions um okay. what are your do you like care about the people on the show like do you create like do you have, actually have an opinion on them like do you have like a favorite who you're rooting for or do you feel like you just kind of look at it now as like a reporter because you're so immune since you talk no, about it so much i yeah i i totally empathize with certain people and then i root for them riley reminded me of one of my best friends who passed away and i was like i love riley now I love Riley. He's soft. It was like soft spoken on Tasha season, but he had like, he, he finally opened up. I was like rooting him on. Now I love Connor. So I'm watching these guys and I'm like, Oh man, like, I, you know, you love them both. And you know that like, you know, Riley's swooping in on Connor's lady there. But, uh, um, I, yeah, I totally like, I, whenever there's, uh, like musicians on the show, I never, I always get so annoyed when people are like, Oh, so-and-so is just trying to like get exposure or this or that. It's like, what they're doing with their life is very challenging. You know, they're out there with hundreds of thousands of other people trying to make it like kudos to whatever they need to do to make it. If Connor, you know, like the show would rather label Connor as like a fourth grade teacher. It's like, bro is a musician. He's doing whatever he can to survive. And he's really talented. Like I totally love to support like these people outside of the show. Like they're not just TV personalities. A lot of them are very creative and doing different things and not all of them. Some of them are, you know, I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe Jed will come up with a hit song. I don't know. You know, who knows where he is on his journey, right? Yeah. You, know, so I I, you, I, you just kind of have to own it if that's part of the reason why you're there. Like, I couldn't go on a reality show and not say what I do for work because then it, would, it wouldn't be authentic. So if you're like a musician, you kind of just have to own that. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on spoilers? Do you read them now because it's just better content or do you actually like reading the spoilers? I can't avoid them. So it's one of those things. Can't avoid them. I do my best when I make spoiler content to post red herrings. So like I'll I'll post like a a, a decoy photo. That way, if it auto plays, someone can have time to get away from it. But um, they they're killer. It's killer content on my channel to have spoilers. Um, I have no desire. Like I interviewed Reality Steve. I have no desire to be the one who receives the spoilers ahead of him. It would literally do nothing for my channel to get like he gets the spoiler. And then I'll give my opinion on it 10 minutes later. There's no yeah. desire to, to do all the work and have, you know, I always look at it as like, like long distance running, you know, like the person in the front of the line has got the wind and the spit and the dirt. And I'm just like hanging out in the middle being like, all right, I'll talk about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, so yeah, I, I like, I like the spoilers. It's fascinating to watch bachelor in paradise, pretty much knowing exactly what's about to happen. Um, it would also be fascinating to not know the spoilers, but it's, it's but by all means, not an option. I get sent everything from people. A hundred percent. I can totally relate to that. Do you think reality Steve gets the spoilers from an inside source? Because part of me thinks he has a deal with Mike Fleiss at this point. You know what? No, no, I don't. I don't. I think people just start. I think he, when you hear his story about how it all started, I don't think he wanted to be the spoiler guy. I just think people understand he's not going to give away his sources. And if you can show that you're not going to give away your sources, like, I mean, I get sent a pretty wild amount of stuff, but I get sent a lot of things that I'm like, you realize I can't do anything with this. This is hearsay. I get sent so much hearsay. Oh, my hairdresser knows Greg Grippo. Yeah. No, 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 no. You got to show me some receipts. Obviously, Reality Steve caught a lot of heat for being sent false information. In hindsight, it looks obvious, like the green to gray text ratio was wrong. 
But when you're excited to see something and you're like, why would this be fake? So he kind of had that same optimism where it was like, why would someone send me fake receipts? Well, that's because people have their own motivations. And, yeah. you know, he's had to realize that I get sent things. I got sent something recently that that says that um, Rachel Kirk Connell and Matt James start looking out for a ring. Yeah, you really never know. Who do you actually think is going to be the next Bachelor or who do you want it to be? Um, I'm still going to be shocked if it's Greg Grippo. Uh, but reality, Steve's right more often than he's wrong. Um, when some people have said who's getting, I guess here's a good question. Who's getting the edit on Bachelor in Paradise? to become it's the bachelor soon. it's way too soon to tell i would think grocery store joe but i think we all kind of saw that spoiler that he's going to end up with serena so it can't be him and the so so the person i would say from bachelor from bachelor in paradise that's getting a bachelor edit would be connor but i wouldn't I, i've never considered connor to be uh what they're looking for you know they go they, they ba- they're basically trying to put together a football team it's always a six foot five square jawed guy you know ever you know connor's an average guy i mean i think connor would be great uh but you're seeing two scenarios in a row where like he kind of got friend zoned hard um, yeah well who do you want it to be who do you, who would you like it to be maybe someone from an old season current season who would be your personal pick um that's a good question that is a good question. Mine would be Peter Kraus. I want to bring him back. He's hot. He's a little older. I like an OG. And I just think that he actually wants marriage. And I would love to see him back on our screens and get that reaction from Rachel Lindsay because she would have to interview him. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that would be wild <laughs> to watch. Um, I didn't realize how that their whole conversation when they broke up, it's, you know, love and hate are so similar in their emotions. It's so funny to see, you know, one second you're with someone, the next second you're flipped and, you know, it can be real... Uh, volatile as we saw with greg and katie um look i mean i'm gonna if greg grippo's the bachelor we're just gonna watch it with a close eye like we always do mm-hmm. um i who never do you want it, it to be who do i want it to be it's uh boy you can't change. man you know what honestly you you really want to know i want it to be someone like kenny okay but i also believe kenny to be taken but i would but i like the idea of someone who can uh, be playful, have a sense of humor, even be considered like a reformed F boy to, to merge those worlds. Someone that, um, you know, I mean, you know, I think he's, he's older and he's, Oh yeah. I, I would, I'd like to see Blake Horseman. Oh yeah. That would be good too. Um, who from the show has reached out to you or is like a super Dave Neal fan? Uh, Katie Thurston. Yeah. Say, she, say, same with me here. Yep. Um, and you know, look, I love Katie. Everyone who talks to her says she's the real deal. Mm-hmm. You know, she obviously is really good at knowing all the different commentators and recappers. I let her, I made it known. I would never ask her for anything. And the more I would tell her, I'm not asking for anything. I think the more she's like, let me give you something. It's like, no, stay away. I don't want someone to feel like they, you know, I, I need them for anything. I'm so, I'm such like a loner like that. Um, that, no that idea, for sure. The last year, the last year, there's been a lot of people, uh, it, you know, every mom of a contestant watches it. Rachel Kirkconnell's mom, uh, Connors, every, every mom's out there. Uh, Blake's mom is so sweet. Uh, so I feel like when it comes to the moms that are out there and my content's 95% women, which is so funny because like, I think I'm such like a guy's guy, but you know what? Maybe I'm sensitive, whatever. I'm, I'm all over the map, single mom. Uh, but you, you realize like, you know, we're, we're just trying to keep it fair. So, so people start watching your content knowing, you know, I'm not going to watch, uh, I'm not going to watch Hunter and be like, he's the worst guy because he tackled someone in the football game. It's like when Hunter wants to talk about blowing Coke and uh, you know, uh, in high school football, I'm like, let's talk about that. 
Let's talk about your, the, his addiction story is fantastic. Someone like Courtney with a Q talking about the tragedy with his mom. It's like, these are gut wrenching stories that we never saw on the show. I get it. The show is like, the show is like just firecracker after firecracker. But I think there's such a world for longer form content storytelling. Like we don't want firecrackers. We want like a nice campfire. Mm -hmm. And if the show doesn't want to give it to people, I'll gladly talk to, I'll gladly talk to Hunter for hours about, about those types of scenarios. So with Brendan and some other people, I think I'm starting to see contestants that may, may value the fact that I'll let them get things out there that the show might not. Like I said before, I've never been approved podcaster or recapper for the show. And because of that, I've always just been like, look, I'm not going to ask people for interviews. I don't want people to think they owe me a favor, but it, so like, I don't ask anyone for an interview, but if they want to like slide into my DMS, by all means, I'm always open to chat. Yeah, that's totally fair. You know, I've always asked people who have like followed me on TikTok or just have a relationship with me. Those are like the people that I usually have on my podcast, but I love to interview. That's part of what I do as a entertainment reporter. Um, tell me about like your life. Like what is going on? As we kind of wrap this up, you are engaged. When are you getting married? You just moved into a new place. I know a lot of your fans are more, they're invested in your personal life as well. So we got to tell them. Oh yeah. We're, I'm for sure going to be live streaming my wedding for sure. Oh, great. Maybe I'm going to have my- Well, invite they, me, but yeah, they're like on a, the live stream. Yeah, you're, you'll be there. Yeah. I, I need a ring bearer if you want to be the ring bearer. Perfect. Um, and I'll yeah. report on it too. So Queen of TikTok coming down the aisle right here. Absolutely. You know, they're they're like family. I get, I get packages sent from- Canadians and Swiss chocolate coming in from Europe. And they're just, they're the nicest people in the world. And we, you know, I, I found a lot of these people during the pandemic when, when we're all kind of searching for community. So whenever, I, whenever anyone's like, Oh, Dave, you know, and I get messages every day, like the wildest messages from people. I can't even respond to all of them. And I'm thinking like, you guys provide me the same thing I'm providing you. It's like a give and take. And I'll, I talk some days I did my 10 hour live stream. I'll talk to my voice is gone. And I, I just love it so much. Uh, with, with regards to the wedding, we're, we we just went to our friend's wedding in Michigan over the weekend. And we, we've seen enough weddings to know that what we enjoy to go to, but don't want to make ourselves. Okay. I think we're just going to have to find a beach very soon and get married on the beach. But, you know, with the pandemic, it's been a, a challenge to even like um, want to put a deposit anywhere. That's fair enough. I mean, did you want like a big wedding or do you want just the two of you? I think we're going to do something in the 20 person, like small um destination style um we've we'll probably end up doing like a bigger you know her family's kentucky mine's rhode island we'll probably end up doing parties in both kentucky and rhode island for people that couldn't be at the wedding but um i have no desire to like blow through a large chunk of money so someone can eat some chicken cacciatore and you know complain that uh you know r kelly wasn't played enough or whatever like i just have no desire like i'll gladly go to other people's weddings but i have no desire signing the bill on that one that's completely completely valid (laughs) Um, and what is like your next goal? Do you have like a year goal, a month goal? Do you have like a five-year plan as far as like your career and where you want all of this to take you? I like this HR line of questioning here. This is good. Yeah, I told you Um, you're getting different things. What I love about the channel now is it's been mind-blowing as far as the audience it's opened me up to. I could never perform in front of this many people in real life. Uh, so I love that. I would love for the audience to grow by about five times. That's okay. my goal. Get it up to about a couple hundred thousand and then, and then, and then branch out into other markets. Uh, use that audience uh, for live stand-up shows, you know? Um, so live stand-up intertwined with 
commentary. I want to bring some cameras to my live stand-up shows, have Q and A's with audience, bring former leads onto the show. You know, absolutely. And that's what comedy is. You just, you're just building your fan base. So people will come to live shows. So, um, I would be nice to make less content. Um, but I'm just, I'm just running with it. And it would be nice to have like one or two featured videos a day or, you know, I, and I've had so many people reach out to me as for like, Hey, do you need a producer? Do you need this? Everything I do is on my own, every yeah. thumbnail until I've got someone who like can really take some of that weight off me. I feel like I don't want to be managing someone else. Every morning I turn the cameras on. I just start Googling things and I see what there is to talk about. And, and that's kind of where I go. And sometimes it's like, you know, like, like over the summer, Friday afternoon, I'm having my first beer, I'm relaxing. And then Kelly Flanagan releases like a video and I'm like, all right, here you we know, go again, cancel the plans. We got to do this. And then you, you just have to be like ready. Cause you just, you, like, I remember Super Bowl Sunday was when I think it was leaked that Katie Thurston would be the bachelorette. And I'm like, all right, I've got my chips and dip ready to go, uh-huh. but I'm cranking out content because that's when people want to talk, you know, and you, you can't always dictate when that will be. When I was in Belize a few weeks ago, I made probably 20 videos while on vacation. You know, most of them, you know, bang a couple out in the morning, then go swim with some sharks. And, you know, I just, yeah. it's, um, it's, I'm at the point. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm at the point right now where I'm not willing to assume an audience will uh, will be there if I take a month off or something. So we're just continuing. Like, like I put it this way, and this maybe this is good for other creators. If someone you know does their dishes at 5 p.m. and they expect me to have a video, I want there to be a video there. So you know, some videos get. 10 times the following than others. But for the loyal people that like to do the day, I, I can't tell you how many people tell me they watch when they breastfeed. If you're a mom mm-hmm. out there breastfeeding at four in the morning and the kid's awake and you need to pop in one of my videos for something like mindless to watch, let's do it. You know what I mean? It's and, consistent content that really works. Yeah, and you just find out like every every video I make, if it's 15 minutes long, you could do it in that, you could do it in 40 seconds, but then, you know, then we get, you know, you, you the longer you go, the more you get into some weird things, you start, you know, maybe a conspiracy or two, you know, you kind of just take it play. But for me personally, like as a big fan of YouTube, I don't want the six minute video. I want the 15. I want, they call them like mealtime videos. You want a video you can put on if you're having dinner by yourself or breastfeeding or going to the gym or commuting in traffic. You want something like bite-sized that that isn't going to be like, all right, two minutes later, it's over. Now I got to, you know, mm-hmm. sift through YouTube to find something else. So I try to keep it like my sweet spots probably around 15 minutes of video. And where can everyone go to your comedy shows? Because my friend Avery is a huge fan of yours. So we might actually come this weekend, but tell us about what you do at, at standup. Um, Saturday night, I'm, uh, I have a, I'm on the late night show at Westside Comedy Club at 10 PM. That'll be a fun one. I've got some, uh, some of my audience will be there. So we'll try to, I don't have much bachelor content in my stand. Yeah, what do you talk about at your stand up? I have a couple, I have a couple weird bachelorette jokes that I'm working on. Okay. Um, you'll have to see it's, it's adjacent oh, to my I'm coming. Company. I'm yeah. going to make it. Good. Um, and then Friday, I'm at a place in Hollywood on Melrose. If anyone's listening, uh, I, I would just tell people, go to my uh, Instagram, D Neils. That's where I, you know, a lot of times uh, local shows are kind of like last minute. So if I have a local show, uh, you know, I'll post about it there. I've got some shows in Atwater. I'm just sticking around LA right now. And then hopefully, hopefully pretty soon. I think I'll be uh, in New York City after uh, Thanksgiving. I'll be doing a few shows there. Um, uh, Peter Weber promised me he'd come to a show. So I'm going to make him do that. Um, I'd love to roast him. I'd love to see him in the audience. Uh, but, um, but yeah, if people want, you know, last minute, uh, you know, shows, if they want to come out and laugh, uh, just come on Instagram. Yeah. 
Amazing. Well, I love everything you're doing. It's been so much fun having you on here. Huge fan. Um, where could everybody follow you if they don't already? So YouTube, it's just Dave Neal, N-E-A-L, uh, and Instagram at dneals, D-N-E-A-L-Z. And uh, between those two, that's probably where I have most of my content. All right, guys, that was my episode with comedian and bachelor. I just call him the king of bachelor YouTube, as you saw on the podcast. Dave Neal, you guys have to check him out if you have not already. I have all of his links and socials down below so you guys can check him out. As always, thank you guys so much for listening to my podcast. 20 episodes, we did it. Um, we have really exciting guests coming up. I cannot wait. Zachary Reality is getting bigger and better, and I'm still working on finding a studio that fits for me so I can do in-person guests. So hopefully that is in the cards in the next few weeks. But I kind of switched up my setup here if you're watching on YouTube. What's up, guys? So thank you so much for listening. As always, we are on Spotify, iTunes, Apple, all of the places, as well as YouTube. You guys can give us a big thumbs up. You guys can subscribe, support the podcast in however way you can, even just DMing me, telling me you listened this week and that you loved the episode. That is another way to support me as well. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. As Again, I need to stop saying that. And everyone have a great weekend. And we will see you guys next week on Zachary Reality.